0: Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed.
1: Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, Genesis chapter number two. And verse 7, and the, Lord God, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. God had a dream. That dream was man. But there is something that happened when God breathed into man. God's dream became reality. And this very scripture is described in the book of Job, where we see what exactly happened for man to become a living being. Before that, he was just formed. Job chapter 33. Job chapter 33 and verse 4. And Job describes something very interesting here. He says this. He says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. It's always been the Holy Spirit's role animate the plans of God, to bring life to the plans of God, to take it from being a script to being in actual reality. Reminds me of how you were all once a vision, but then by the work of the Holy Ghost we can have meetings such as this one. In the year 2013, we had our first web conference. I remember I was 17 years old, I was turning 18, and we were just crazy. And after we had our first or second, after our second, we decided we need to check for other venues. Lo and behold, we came to New Government Complex. They showed us around, and we asked for the price. We shook. We shook and decided, you know what? This is why school halls are there. Interestingly, the price is triple now. But you know what happened? I didn't know at that point that God was impressing us to something. There's something he wanted us to do with this gospel. There's something he wanted us to do with this generation, and we need to bring them here. And how we started meeting here I would traveled to South Africa to minister and on my way back I was at the airport and I was admiring it. And I was thinking why can't we have a special meeting where people would just come love God and let's use one of Losaka's best guys, Why have I shared that with you? If the Holy Spirit could animate God's plan, make living beings who can reproduce after their kind, imagine what he can do with you. And you know, it it, it happens like this. There are certain things that the Holy Spirit will impress upon your heart. And then there are some which he will trust you with the maturity to even decide. And then you, you commit your plans to the Lord and he blesses them and gives them life. But I can assure you, the Spirit of God has got that role to animate God's plans, to bring them to life. This afternoon I'm sharing with you on a message I've entitled, The Spirit of Progress. The Spirit of Progress. Um, when I was about to walk up front, I closed my eyes for a while. And I was just thinking, God, this is what the Holy Spirit can do. I I, I know what I'm talking about, you know. As the years go by, you can learn a few more things in ministry. You learn strategy, you learn budgeting, you learn all those things. But there's a place where you realize it's beyond that. It's when Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, no man can do these things unless God is with him. So, I want you to understand that there is, that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of progress. The Holy Spirit's name, according to the scriptures, Jesus said, But the Spirit whom the Father will send in my name is no different from the name of Jesus, right? That's why when we say Jesus, the Spirit of God moves. And so, what we get exposed to in the scriptures are some of the titles. That describe his role. For example, the spirit of truth. He's also called the spirit of grace. He's also called the spirit of holiness. Right? He's also called the spirit of Christ. He's also called the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament he was known as the spirit the holy or the spirit who blows in the holy of holies. And I'm here to tell you that we can see from the scriptures that he is the spirit of progress. He's the one that brings progress. And I'll show you. God, God's dream seemed to, to be affected because Adam decided to go the other way. And when God wanted to restore that dream, he decided there was going to be another Adam. The only way for that Adam to come about is he had to be born the same way the other Adam came. If you read the genealogy of in, in of genealogy of Jesus, when it traces it all the way back to Adam, it says Adam, the son of God. And so words begin to be spoken all throughout the Old Testament about this man that would come. And we are told several things about him. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. What was that? There was going to be progress. His government was gonna keep progressing and progressing and progressing. I hope you know you are his government. Do you know that? You can see that when you read from the book of um, Ephesians one, right, when you go from verse 16 all the way down to 21, 22, you see that the church, he's given us power, we are his government. So now, Jesus had to come like Adam. So God sends an angel to talk to Mary, and mary says how will this thing happen what's the first thing the angel says the holy spirit will come upon you and you will conceive there's no way you can fellowship with the holy spirit and not conceive something is birthed when you fellowship with the spirit of god something is birthed and that which is birthed is of a divine kind it's got a divine dna because we are the bride. It, 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 it's divine which is conceived and so he says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll conceive and so Jesus is born of the Holy Spirit and Jesus did so many things in the book of Acts 1 verse 1 we are told I wrote to you previously about the things that Jesus taught and did meaning there were the doings of Jesus and there were the teachings of Jesus right But all those things were sustained by the very Holy Spirit. Let me show you. Luke 3. Let's look at verse 21. Now, here is Jesus' time for him to embark on his ministry. Something that has been spoken of for 600 and more years, for thousands of years. And it's now time. And yet he didn't do anything. He was just learning, going in the temple and asking hard questions. But then something happens. When all people were baptized and it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And what happened? And the Holy Spirit, who? The Holy Spirit. How was he born? By the Holy Spirit. Let's continue the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. When Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit, he was God's child. But then it's interesting that now that the Holy Spirit descended upon him, God says, you are my son. What did he recognize there? the presence of the spirit? Why? Because what's his other title, according to Romans 8? He's the spirit of adoption. And if you want to understand this verse well, you would want to know a bit of Jewish culture. That in Jewish culture, you don't bear your children, you adopt them. So you bear them, and then... So you don't bear your sons, you adopt them. You bear them as children, and then when they come of age, you hold a ceremony and you say, this is my son. The moment you say, this is my son, all your servants, the people that run your accounts, the people that run your farms, you are saying, when you hear him, you've heard me. When he's just a child, you say, this is my child. The servants can send the child. They can say, Iwe. today, 15 hours, no watching TV, you must do this instead. But the moment you say, this is my son, it means he's of age, he's adopted now. He's got the full rights that the father has. That's the way it is. So, Jesus' adoption, that echo, I was just okay. Jesus' adoption, which also marked the beginning of his ministry, was when the Holy Spirit came upon him. Praise God. And, The very next thing we see after the Spirit of God comes upon Jesus is he begins to make progress in very interesting ways in the path of his destiny. Luke 4 verse 1. Are you following? Let's continue. Luke 4. Let's start from verse 1. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit... You know you can train yourself to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Filled with the Spirit, they sang. Filled with the Spirit, they preached the word with boldness. You can train yourself to be constantly filled with the Spirit, where you do everything you do from a place of being filled. And Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led, he was not just filled, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And in the wilderness... Jesus, Jesus didn't go to the wilderness to play. Jesus went to the wilderness because he had to fulfill his assignment. He cooperated with God in fasting and prayer. But you observe that deliberately Jesus had to be tempted by the devil. Because if he wasn't tempted by the devil, Hebrews 4, where it says that he was tempted in all things, Yet without sin, wouldn't have been able to apply. That was part of his assignment. So there are harder parts of our assignment. When we look at Jesus' assignment, there are certain parts of it that we, you know, they seem so exciting, like you know, just spit on clay and the eyes see. But there were harder ones as well. But he could progress in them. Why? Because he had the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit with him, he was able to overcome. The three main things Satan tempts us in, they are described in 1 John 2. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Have you observed the sins that Satan, when Satan was tempting Jesus? If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You're talking to someone who's hungry. At that point, you would have succumbed to the flesh. Throw yourself down. If you throw yourself down, then, you know, the angels will pick you up. Don't you think that's, that's pride? That would be serious pride. Like, let me just go throwing myself on the ground since the angels will pick me up. You know what I mean, eh? Let me just go do whatever I want to do since there is grace. That's pride. That's actually pride. It's, it's not humility. I don't know if you're getting my point. Imagine a parent gives you money every day for school, and you just go and say, let me just go get credits every day because I'm given money. It's, that's a lack of appreciation. So Jesus was able to overcome the lust of the eyes. Satan shows him all the kingdoms. Notice he, he actually saw for himself. He was able to overcome the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Because he had the Holy Spirit with him. Why am I emphasizing this? Because in the journey of making progress, there are things we need to overcome. Some battles. Before we can think of um, battles against Satan or battles against witchcraft or any of those things, we need to overcome a lot of internal battles. But one thing I've realized is that the Holy Spirit keeps you in check. He keeps you honest before God. He keeps you humble before God. If you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is very honest. That's one thing I've come to learn. The Holy Spirit will never speak to inflate your pride. Let me tell you how you know you're not hearing the Holy Ghost. When you go before and say, ah, can you imagine what that guy is doing to me? If the Holy Ghost inside of you says, imagine, doesn't he know you're the one? You're sucker's hardest on, doesn't he know that? That's not the Holy Spirit. I remember one time I was so angry. I'm saying, that person is tarnishing my reputation. And the Holy Spirit says, Jesus made himself of no reputation. Have you ever known he's right? And you've got nothing to say. And say you are looking for a comeback scripture. But Lord. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit will keep you in check. He will keep your Christianity ever fresh. Ever fresh. Something that doesn't go sour, something that doesn't go bad. Where 2013 you're on fire, 2014 you're on fire, 15 you're on fire, 16 you're on fire. I don't want to get getting my point. 25 you're on fire, 2035 you're on fire. That fire that never runs dry, and that's why I don't I use this figuratively, but I don't have the Holy Spirit who you live at church or at conferences. I've used that figuratively because as long as the holy spirit is ignored you'll not experience the fullness of what he has to offer for as long as you ignore him praise god there are many people i could have helped let's say the time i was in university and we helped a lot of people but there are some that i could have helped but they only saw me as a student so they never got to get the full package i've had cases where, after some years someone comes so you were always like this i said yes we used to give you flyers And you kicked us out of your rooms. We were kicked out of rooms before. It was so fun. But similarly, can you imagine how much of the Holy Spirit we've not yet fully enjoyed? Because of a few things. One of them is that we don't give him time. Um, Just that aspect of giving him time. That aspect of that fellowship. It keeps you burning. I once had a moment where I was praying. And we're just singing to God, you know. I think that was some years ago where Pastor Daniel and a few others, we used to do it um, every night and every Thursday, we would also meet. And we were singing to God, you know, just loving him. I've forgotten what song it was. Maybe it was like, oil upon your feet, right? Like wine for you to drink. And then I'll never forget hearing the Holy Spirit saying, do you know how very few people do this? why they just sit and minister to me. Last year, when the whole pandemic and stuff like that came about, I remember hearing him telling me, the incense coming out of the earth is little. People have not been praising, they've not been worshiping. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the priest's duty to attend to the fire. It was the priest's duty to ensure that the fire never dries out. You can't live a life of constantly falling, coming back, falling, coming back. Everyone has led you to Christ. You can't live that life anymore. If that's been your story, today must be the last thought of. You know why? Because once you get serious, you'll be the one producing 200 other people for us. And so my point is, Jesus had such a reliance of the Holy Spirit, and there's no reason why we shouldn't as well. So much more. But after the temptations, what is he on to say? Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. And he mentions the different things the Spirit of God has anointed him to do. And those are the things that he taught and did, and Jesus fulfilled and finished his assignment. Why? He was reliant on the Spirit of God. I make it a point by divine assignment that if I ever have an opportunity to only talk to someone once, then the message they should hear from me is about the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because if I can introduce one person to the Spirit of God, is a helper, he's the teacher he's the one who guides before you know it something has changed I remember leading someone to Christ at Onza it was funny at the end of a service a WEM service I approached someone and asked to lead them. I asked them saying do you think you're saved? are you born again? and then they replied do I look like some sinner to you? And so, evangelism humbles you. No, evangelism humbles you. There was someone I was trying to evangelize to yesterday. They gave me a penalty. I'm going back. I'm calling them on Monday. Never stop. If you want to remain fresh, just evangelize. And so they said, do I look like some sinner to you? And then I said, you know what? And then they told me, to be honest, I think I'm filthy. I said, you know what? If this was in the Old Testament... You would have just brought, like at the end of the year, you'd have brought a lamb. You'd be fine. Just a lamb. And they're like, ah, so right now, I just need, they calculated their age, 23 lambs, and I'm okay. And I said, oh, John said, now behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of man. And I explained the gospel to them, and they said, I want to get born again. And it was so dramatic. They're like, hey, everyone, come watch me. them to Christ. Laid hands on them. They began to speak in tongues. Immediately. I met them for counseling the day after. And I never saw them again for months. They were out of town. When they came back to Lusaka, they asked to see me. I was in shock. I may not have been there to speak to them but the seed that I'd planted, the Holy Ghost had begun to water it. And that's why if you're not seeing yourself transforming in the context of the word, in the context of your growth, check your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I'm saying all this because ultimately I can give you this is one sermon I prepared I don't know how many times because I had so much to share. Interestingly, one of the sermons I prepared is a sermon that uh, the vice director preached. I just like I, I literally have it in my notes right now, my laptop. And so I've been sharing all this because Jesus knew we needed help. And when push came to shove, he told them that I will ask God to send another helper he knows we need the help I was leading someone to Christ the other day and they were saying but I can't manage I I, I don't commit to Christ because I don't know if I'll be able to manage I said my friend we've got help we've got help we've got a friend from another dimension praise God we've got divine help and that's in the person of the Holy Spirit I've been asked before what's been the greatest secret to leading ministry, leading this. I've got a lot of help. He's our ever present help in times of need. And there's nothing wrong with needing him every day. His hotline is always open. And it's store free. Praise God. And so Jesus knew we need the help. And we can see that it's consistent. Look at the book of Acts, chapter 1. And then look at verse, verse 4. I just want you to see this. Are you guys following me? And I want you guys to see a revelation here. And being assembled together with them. Now, Jesus has trained these disciples for three years on how to make progress. He then commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So meaning constantly, Jesus always used to tell them there is this Holy Spirit. He talked about the Holy Spirit a lot. Next verse. And for John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Next verse. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? That statement is overlooked sometimes. I'll tell you why. The disciples now had been trained. They knew they had a commission. To spread the gospel everywhere but they looked and thought I think there's a limitation the limitation is that they were under Roman bondage so he's asking are you gonna restore the kingdom to Israel because that's the only way now we can properly preach the Messiah in short they looked at the limitations that were there and then Jesus answers and says something he said to them it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Next verse. But you shall receive power when when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then he tells them, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem. That was a big deal, to witness in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was not a friendly city. The same city where Jesus was crucified, he tells them, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem. And then he goes on, and in Judea. And then you'll also be witnesses in Samaria. And then it says, unto the end of the earth. That shows you something. When the Spirit of God comes, the progress is unlimited. You're no longer limited to your physical circumstances. He was literally telling them, this gospel will spread. It will even be sung about in languages like Nyanja. It will be sung about in languages like Tonga. It will reach beyond borders, but wait for the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God came, look at where we all are now. They thought they had gotten rid of one man, Jesus, not knowing they produced many, because he had said, unless a can of wit dies, it remains alone. What am I trying to say? The secret to the progress of the early church was their reliance on the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit gives us power, power to witness. One word for power is dunamis. Is that power? That's the one that throws you. Hey, take it. It's like a dynamite. I don't know if they're getting my point. I know what I'm talking about. It's like a dynamite. That's where miracles start popping and popping. And you're going to see those miracles. There will be a lot of miracles in this place. A lot. Praise God. Another word for power is euporio, Which means abilities. Skills. Haven't you ever heard... Isaiah say, and I pray this over myself before I preach. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. Speak a word in season to those who are weary. He awakens my ear morning by morning. The Holy Spirit can literally teach you skills. He can improve you in skills. I'm, I'm telling you, it's abilities, it's abilities. He's a trainer, He's a teacher. He can do it personally. He can do it through men. It's skills. That's why if you've you've observed someone who's been preaching for a while and they've been progressing, you'll notice the way they deliver their content. As time goes by, they're able to reach out to more people. And then you know the other word for power? There's a word called iskus. And you know what it means. When we're talking about iskus, we're referring to that aspect of power that can manifest in how can i put it is this know-how the holy spirit can give you divine strategies where you learn how to be strategic by the spirit where you can sit down and take over a city by the spirit the holy ghost who can raise jesus from the dead can raise that business from the dead as in you can sit down and have a fellowship moment with the spirit And a God idea comes which has no choice but to work. The Holy Spirit can give you strategy on how to deal with that debt. Observe how God would answer in the scriptures. Sometimes he would answer by, by, you know, power, force. Sometimes he would answer by giving strategies. Sometimes he would answer by sending people. But I'm saying it's, 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 it's that which the Holy Ghost brings in the life of believers. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit can bring you divine connections. The Holy Spirit, when you yield to him, can take you on a path that's from glory to glory, from faith to faith. One of my favorite texts, Psalm 84 and verse 5. Notice it says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. And if you want to understand where the strength comes from, Have you read in Ephesians 3.16, where we are told about the Spirit of God strengthening us in the inner man? Now, what happens? The man whose strength is in God, what will happen to their heart? It's set on a pilgrimage. So they're on a journey. It's a journey of progress. Don't change. I'd already quoted it. Go back. As they pass through, so they're ever moving, even if at one point, as they're on that journey, They pass through the valley of the shadow of death. They still don't fear evil there. And they also don't camp there. As they pass through the valley of Baca, that means weeping, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. So the life of a believer has been designed in such a way that when you pass through dry places, you bring freshness there. When you pass through valleys that are dead, you have to bring life there. Next verse. They go from strength to strength. That's the life of a believer. And it says each one appears before God in Zion. So before our appearing before God, we've got an assignment to do on this earth. We have to change things. We have to change mindsets. We have to change systems. We have to change structures. We have to empower people. We've got an ultimate vision which is in God. That's why if you've got a vision for your life that's not connected to the vision of God's plan for the earth, you end up being like the rich fool. Would have powered up all these things, and God says, You fool. Today today your soul is being summoned. I'm telling you. But then we've got an assignment to ensure that by all means we change lives. And for us to do that, the first thing God does is He changes us. That's why He gives us the Spirit of God who transforms our life and makes us a fire that can make others burn. Ladies and gentlemen, my greatest desire after this conference is that each person in this place develops an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God. You know why? Because even what we did not say today, he will say. The seeds we plant, he will water. The areas we have not touched, he will touch. That's how the Spirit of God works. I want to have your eye closed. And I want to ask a question. Is there someone in this place who's saying, Apostle, I'm not yet born again? If you're not born again, you'll be able to tell. It's very easy to tell. You can tell by how you live. You can tell by whether you've got an assurance in your heart that if Jesus came today, 100% you're making it to heaven. And then being born again is traceable. Salvation is traceable. We can trace it to a period of time. We may not all know our specific dates, but we can trace it to a period of time. And from that time, there's a consistent devotion before God. If you're in a position where you're not sure, I would advise you to attend to this protocol. The reason I say so is because Peter says, make your election sure. That's why even before you write an exam, they ask you to go and recheck if your name is really on the list. So my friend, is your name in the book of life? Are you born again? If you're not, I've got good news for you. Jesus paid the price. You don't have to suffer for that. Some of us are not saved because we just love the world. I hope this sermon has helped to change that love. Others are not saved because we feel we're too dirty, too dirty to approach God. If that's the feeling, then perhaps you also fall in the third category. There are people who just feel, who have just never been taught the gospel rightly. Once you understand the gospel, that is the good news of Jesus Christ. He came to liberate those who are broken. He came to clean up those who are dirty. He came as a doctor to work on the sick. You'll notice that no matter how far you've gone astray, Jesus is calling you home today. So at this point, I'll ask for anyone who wants to respond to this article and publicly proclaim Jesus as Lord to just raise their hand from where they are. I'll give you a minute. I see those hands. Just start raising them high. For now, no claps. I want to see all the hands. Raise them high. I know there are a lot of us. Raise them high. And then there are others. You don't know what category you fall in because you were brought up in the church, you were brought up in the faith. Maybe you're religious, like Nicodemus. But you just know God is not in you. Others, somewhere, you just strayed. From the path, and perhaps this is your moment to rededicate. I would want you to join the people who have raised their hands and raise yours as well. I see those hands, raise them high, raise them high, please. Raise them, raise them, raise them, raise them, raise them. Now, I want all those who've raised their hands to stand on their feet, stand on their feet, stand, 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 stand. stand. Be proud. This is the best decision you can ever make. Stand. I know there are more. There are some of us who are saying to ourselves, I'll do it from my seat. I'll do it in my heart. I don't want you to join that category of people. Because Jesus wants you to declare him before men. And so he can also declare you before the Father. If you're in that position, come and make your election sure. I remember one time I'd left the house and I wasn't sure if I'd turned off the iron. I drove back because I had to make sure. So some of us perhaps need to make sure. Raise your hand if you're in that category. Now, every, I've seen those other hands. Everyone who's raised their hands, stand. Now, everyone who's raised their hands, I want you to come to the front. As they are coming to the front, those who you know this is your altar call, just come to the front. Don't be afraid of anyone. Don't be afraid of what anyone will say. This is the best decision you can make. Run to the front. What a holy moment. What a holy moment. Are you coming to the front? I'll wait for you. Yes. Yes. I want you to say with boldness and with confidence. Okay? I want you to say after me: Say, Lord Jesus. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. I believe you came in the flesh. You died. You died. You were buried. You were buried. And you rose again. And you rose again. I confess you as Lord. I confess you and as from Lord. This day, and from this day, I'm born again. I am born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Keep your hands lifted. From my mother's womb, lift your hands. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for you all. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is already feeling them. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Take it! People are speaking in tongues already. Take it! Take it! Take it! Take it! Take it! Thank
0: you,
1: Holy Spirit. In the name yes. of Jesus, receive yes. the Holy Ghost. Yes, receive the Holy Ghost. Yes, every one of you, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Oh, That's the power of God on you, my brother. That's the power of God on you. That's the power of God on you.
0: That's the power of God on you.
1: you. Receive Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit.
0: A service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 077-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com